0: Good morning, church. It is so great to be with you today. My name is Scott Kirkpatrick, and this is my beautiful wife, Teresa. We lead the church here in Columbia, South Carolina. It is so incredible to be with our brothers and sisters in the Inland Empire.
1: Good morning, brothers and sisters. It's so exciting to join you today. And we would like to thank Sergio and Kristen, Danielle and Scott, as well as Samar for inviting us to join you.
0: You know, we're going to dive right into the scriptures here, but before we get into the Bible, uh, we just want to let you know that we have in three incredible daughters and uh, the names are London, Sydney, and Asia. And we're going to be coming from the Gospel of John today, John chapter 14. I'm going to give you a little bit of a backdrop, but before we dive into the sermon, let's go to God in a word of prayer. Father... Thank you so much for today. God is so amazing to be a part of your kingdom that we have brothers and sisters all over the world, and that we are able to encourage and preach to and and share time with our brothers and sisters in California. God, we pray that this that your spirit will be with us, and you give us the words to say and that our hearts are open and ready to change to do your will. God. we need you so much. And we love you so much. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. amen. And so in John chapter 14, and we're going to talk about, about the beginning part of John chapter 14. In John chapter 13, we have Jesus washed, washes his disciples' feet. We also have Judas, you know, at the Last Supper, Judas is prompted by Satan. And of course, Jesus tells him, do what you plan to do. And at the same time, Jesus actually calls Peter out and says, you know, tonight you will deny me three times. And of course, Peter in his arrogant attitude says that no, that will not happen. But of course, the rooster does crawl and Peter does deny Jesus. And then uh, we also see where Jesus uh tells uh his his disciples that he's getting ready to to uh to die and actually to leave and to ascend to heaven. And their hearts are crushed. They are troubled because they thought at this time that, that this is the time that the Jews could overtake the Romans and that uh, Jesus' earthly kingdom would be established. But of course, Jesus didn't come uh, for that. And so they were troubled because Jesus, who they had spent three years with, giving up the things in their lives to follow him, and now he's leaving. And so we're going to pick up in, in John chapter 14, starting in verse 1. And it says, uh, Jesus is telling them, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Also trust in me. Or trust in me also. And he said, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come and take you to be with me. Um, That you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Then Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know um, the way? And Jesus says in 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 John chapter 14, verse 6, Uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I want you to listen to what he's saying here at the very beginning. Verse 1, he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. And see, that really ties into what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, This is one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture. We're going to jump down to John chapter 14, verse 12. He says, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do uh, what I have been doing. And he will do even greater things than these because I am going to the father. He says in verse 13, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the son may bring glory to the father. You ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. The title of this message is In Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. And I want to focus in on that passage today because it says, if you ask for anything in my name, I will do it. But what does that really mean? What does that really mean? And and what does that mean about asking for things in Jesus' name? I know I say prayers And I tack on to the end in Jesus' name. But do do I really understand the weight of that? Mm -hmm. Do I really understand the magnitude of what that means? And so we're going to break that down today. And I think the first thing it does, it connects back to verse 1. It it connects back to where where the scripture says, um, do not let your hearts be troubled, trust, Mm -hmm. trust. It connects back to trust, trust in God, but also trust in Jesus. And when you have trust in God and you have trust in Jesus, then then what you pray and what you do, everything is done in honor of his name, in honor of, you know, in praise of his name, in bringing glory to his name, in lifting his name up. Right. So when you truly trust in God, when you truly trust in Jesus, it is all about Jesus. It is all about God. See, the, the, then you have the kingdom purpose. You have the kingdom focus. You have the broader perspective. You have the requirements of really truly following him. And so we're going to dive into, now what does it mean to truly believe and in, in follow the will of God so that when we pray In Jesus' name. But when we ask for things in Jesus' name, we know it will be about the will of God and not our will. And so the first scripture that we're going to dive into today is 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's read that. Verse 5 says, What after all is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom we have come to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The man who plants and the man who waters, they have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. But I want us to focus on this, pers- this this particular passage here where it says that, uh, but only God can make things grow. There's only certain things that God can do. We can't do it. And so when you realize that, then you realize what the most important thing is to make sure that God is the one that's on it. To make sure Jesus is the one that's on it. To make sure he's lifted up. It says, but only God who makes things grow. Now we have our part but God is the one that makes things grow.
1: Okay, thank you, honey. So Acts 16. If we could turn there, please, verse 14. One of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she had when she and the members of her household were baptized she invited us to her home if you consider me a believer in the lord she said come and stay at my house and she persuaded us and so here it's so exciting to see first of all paul uh, and his companions were on mission they were about god's purpose here they were they were going to a place where people normally pray so they were actually seeking out people who were being about their purpose, who were um, praying this day. And so they came across Lydia. And here it is, Lydia, um, a woman who um, obviously wants to have a relationship with God because she's out there um, amongst this group praying. And um, and so she, uh, being a worshiper of God, um, asked them, she challenged them basically, look, if you consider me to be a believer, why don't you come? Come with me. Um, come to my house. And um, but it was God who opened her heart. It's just Paul and these men were in the at the right place at the right time. But it was God who who did the bidding. Just like we um, we read here in Corinthians, um, we water, we plant, but only God makes it grow. You know we open our mouths, to reach out to people, but it's God who opens their hearts to hear the message from us.
0: Thank you. Thank you, baby. I appreciate that. And 1 Timothy chapter 3, uh, chapter 2, verse 3 says, this is good and it pleases God, our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth, to come to a knowledge of the truth. It says God wants all men to be saved. So his will, his will, a part of his will is to, is for all people to be saved. Amen. And so if God's will is, and so you can always believe that God wants people to be saved. If you're questioning, does God really want that people, that person to be saved? You can best believe he does. Amen. Now, he will not break uh, free will. Right, He will not intrude on free will. But he, his desire, his passion is for he wants all people to be saved.
1: Okay. Amen. In Ephesians 6, Ephesians 6, verse 18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me. That whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. And so here, you know, prayer. Prayer is such an opportunity for us to open the portals of heaven. Um, When we're praying to God, we, we have his attention. Um, we are in communion and fellowship with God and that's such a special time. But here it is encouraging us to pray um, on all occasions. And right now in this world, this is a time for prayer. We absolutely need to be holding each other, um, you know, before the throne um, mm-hmm. for so many who have Uh, Experience, unfortunately, lost during this time. We have many who are uh, battling with illnesses and trying to overcome, um, be it COVID or or other um, medical ailments. Um, Let's please remember to keep each other in prayer and and lift it um, before the throne of God.
0: You know, it also says, he says, pray for me. And so that whenever I open my mouth, words will be given me to, to be to said. He said, also pray that when I proclaim it, I would do it fearlessly. And, and this is what we should be praying for each other for. Pray that God's Spirit will give, you know, give us the right words to say mm-hmm. when we open our mouth. Pray that, uh, you know, the, that, that we are effective in ministry, in reaching the lost. These are the things that we should be praying for each other. That is the will of God, is that we pray. We pray for each other. In Luke chapter 19, and verse 9, it says, Jesus said to them, or said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man, um, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost, that the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And Jesus is clearly saying, he says, the will of God, the, my will is that, 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 we, that I seek him to save the lost, but th- that you do the very same thing. And so if we want to fulfill the will of God, if we want to pray in Jesus' name, we understand that a part of the, God's will is for the, for the lost to be saved. For the lost to be saved. And so Jesus says, For the Son of Man came in to seek and save the lost. And that word save means healing as well. So not only do we help save people's souls, but we also bring healing to them uh, because of the will of God. In Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. pleasing, and perfect will. You'll be able to test and approve what God's will is when we have a renewing of our minds and we we do not think as the world thinks, but we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, a burnt offering to the service of God. That's when God makes clear to us His will. We will be able to test and approve what His will is when our mind uh, changes from the worldly actions to godly actions, and that we commit to the course of giving everything uh, to serve and to worship uh, Jesus. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, it says, it is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should not, uh, I'm sorry, that you should avoid sexual immorality. It says It is God's will that you and I be sanctified, that we be set apart, that we be holy, and that we should avoid sexual immorality. That is his will, to avoid sexual immorality, to avoid impurity. To, uh, to, to be sanctified, to be different than the world. These are the things that are the will of God. So when we pray in Jesus' name, we got to be thinking about these things that are part of the will of God. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. In verse 15 it says, For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men for it is god's will that by doing good you can silence the talk of foolish men so god's will is for us to do good not only do good for the world or do good to the world and in the world, but more importantly, do good in the kingdom of God. Do good to your brothers and sisters. Do good to the family of God. Do good to one another. These are, these are part of God's will. In Micah chapter 6, verse 8, it says He has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you to act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God? He was telling the Israelites, who was at this time very treacherous. God, and uh, and so he was telling them, you as a people, as a people, individually and collectively, this is what the Lord require of you. This is his will for you, is to act justly. Not only act uh, justly, but also be for justice, right? To love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Why did he challenge these guys to do that? Because they were not doing these things. And so this is the same challenge that we must take on As God's people that we must, we must act justly. We must love mercy and we must be humble with our God. You know, first Peter chapter three and verse 17, it says, it is better if it is God's will to suffer for good than for doing evil. Let me say that again. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 17. It is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. That is huge because it's saying here that sometimes God's will is for us to suffer. Sometimes God's will is for us to suffer. And this is where the trust comes in. When it says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in me, even in difficult times. Trust in me, even though things may seem bleak. Trust in me, even though you think uh, something, uh one thing is going to happen, but uh, something else will take place. Like, When his disciples, you know, when Jesus' disciples were thinking he's going to become the king that is going to save Israel in this earthly realm, as opposed to a king that is going to die on a cross. He says, trust in me, trust in me. And so that's the same thing we should do. Trust in God, even when difficult times come and suffering comes, that's when we should trust in God more than any other time, I'm gonna let my wife share.
1: In Matthew six thirty three, the word God says, "But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well." You know, and here it's encouraging, sisters. Um, we're being encouraged to to seek, to find, um, to follow um, first His kingdom. And his righteousness, and this is a priority, a priority for us um, to to first um, obey and to to follow the will of God and not our own um, and so this is this is a very encouraging scripture. Um, if we seek first, then we don't have to worry about um, those things that we really don't have control of anyway. Um, We can put our trust, we can totally depend that God has us, that God will take care of us. Um, That's our families, that's our livelihoods, that's everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, If we are seeking him first, if we are obeying him, if we are about his will and Jesus being Lord of our lives, um, this is God's will for us, for us to seek the kingdom and God's righteousness and his will first in our lives. Also, let's turn over to Psalm um, chapter 40 or book 40 in verse 8. The Word of God says, I desire to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. Mm-hmm. Now, isn't this a great invitation for every disciple? You know, I desire to do your will. For us to be in this place, for us to have this mindset, for us to be, to be willing to. To, to desire to do God's will. That is putting ourselves last and that's putting Christ first. Mm. Being willing to do, to desire, to desire something. That is a, a deep longing. You desire it. We desire to do God's will. I encourage us sisters, let's desire to do God's will. Let's desire to put God first. Let's desire God's will over our own. Um, And that is totally trusting in God, not leaning to our own understanding um, so that God can make our path straight. And it goes on, it says, uh, oh my God, your law is within my heart. And so how do we actually have the, the word in our heart? We have to read it. We have to apply it. We have to be living it day by day. So that it's not only words on a page um, for us to receive information from, but it's also transforming us more and more into the image of Christ as we are reading and applying His word through obedience and faith in our lives.
0: Amen. That's good. Thank you. Uh, Psalms chapter 143, verse 10 Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. My, may your good spirit lead me on level ground may your good spirit lead me on level ground i love this it says teach me to do your will and the way he teaches us is through his word the way he teaches us is through relationships that are godly the way he teaches us is is through his his son really following and imitating jesus but it says teach me to do your will Jesus says in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will be done, Lord, but your will be done. And so that's the same type of heart we want to have. God, not my will be done, but your will be done. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your good spirit lead me on level ground. And that's where we want to be, disciples. That's where we want to be, brothers and sisters, where God's good spirit lead us on level ground. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're going to start to close out here in Luke chapter 5 uh, as we uh get ready to wrap up this lesson and we're gonna read the account uh of Luke chapter 5 when Jesus calls his disciples. uh when he's when he's uh calling his first of uh, disciples here, starting in verse 1, it says um one day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Garrison, um, with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats one um, left by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats for uh, the one belonging to Simon. And he asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had, do- when they had done so, they caught such a great, I'm sorry, such a large number of fish that the net began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Peter, uh, uh, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all of his companions were astonished at the great, at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up to the shore, left everything and followed Jesus. And you know what's amazing about this uh this in, incredible passage is that here you have these people listening to the word of God, and jesus is 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 starting his ministry he gets into the boat with Peter and he tells peter push away from the from the shore, push away from the from the shore and go out into deep water, get out of your comfort go- zone get out into Places where you can't take any of the credit. Mm. And so they go out into deep water, drop the nets, and and Jesus Jesus works a miracle. A miracle. And I think what's amazing here is that Peter, because of his humility, he had a chance to experience a miracle. But not only did he have a chance to experience a miracle, his partners did as well. Because of his humility... He allowed Jesus to influence him and he was obedient to Jesus. And, uh, and him and other people, uh, was blessed in, in, because of that. But, uh, what I also love about this is that Jesus told him, go deep. I need you to, to be prepared to go to places that is not comfortable for you. And that's what Jesus, I think that's what he's done in 2020. He wanted to take all of us a little deeper. He wanted to expose some things in our hearts that nothing else could have exposed. Why? Because he wants us to go deeper so that he can perform some miracles in our lives. Amen. You know here it also goes that it says that when he, uh, when he let down his nets, they caught so much fish that they had to call their their, uh, their partners in. Mm-hmm. You know, partnership is so important in the kingdom of God. Amen. So important in the kingdom of God. Do you have partners in the gospel? Now, i tell you what. Uh, my best partner in the gospel is sitting right here beside me. And I'm so grateful for her. But Jesus also said this. He says, take heart. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. He used the point of fish to bring about the point of this is about people. God's will is about people to bring people to Jesus. Jesus says, from now on, you will catch men. And I tell you, church, we have got to get back to catching men for Jesus. Catching women for Jesus. And what does that mean? It doesn't mean just studying the Bible. It means giving your life. It means, you know, inviting people into your life. It means loving people deeply so they can see God, so they can feel Jesus. That is God's will. And so, you know, when the passage says, you know, you can ask for anything in the name of Jesus. We have to realize that in the name of Jesus, means according to the will of God, Amen. not according to our will. And so when we know the will of God more clearly, we can pray according to the will of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for this time to be able to share with our brothers and sisters. We love you and we thank you. From the Kirkpatrick's, from the Columbia Church, to God be the glory.